0: Blob Talk Radio. You it's time for the GET
1: READY Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line. The first the world, the
0: <sighs> This right here is the future of wrestling.
1: And it begins now.
2: Best in pro wrestling talk Thank you all for tuning in Tonight as we get you All set and ready and prepared For Monday Night Raw This evening If you want, go head over on your computer there Check us out on Facebook That's facebook.com Slash the Ken Reedy Show Again, that's facebook.com Slash the Ken Reedy Show Head on over there Like our page and you can get involved in our chat, we always got a chat going, and then every night during Monday Night Raw, we have a chat going over there on the page, so you can react right there in real time while Monday Night Raw is going on. And Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head over there and like us right now. Check us out on Twitter. Our handle is at The Ken Reedy Show. It's at The Ken Reedy Show on Twitter if you want to head on over there and follow us. And as always, you can go and check out our website where... You may possibly be listening to the show right now through our website. Blogs, info, you know, if you want to know just about us doing the show, like we have bios up there. So check out the kenreedyshow.com. That is our website. We have so much to get through. We are smack dab in the middle of WrestleMania season. As always, I got my tag team partner on the line. Dave, you ready to get into some wrestling talk?
0: I'm
1: holding the tag rope, waiting for that hot tag. Let's do it, brother. All right, you know
2: what, Dave? Like we, you know, we went on hiatus for a little bit, and we came back, and you know, I, I think it's it's about time We're, we have to do this. Uh, we we have to we have to address the 800 pound gorilla in the room, and and in all honesty, that 800 pound gorilla in the room is TNA. <laughs> TNA is that that gorilla in the room. And to be perfectly honest, uh, it's been one of those things where, you know, we like to let the, the fans kind of at least help dictate the direction of the show. You know, we listen to what callers want to talk about. And to be perfectly honest, uh, we have not had TNA on the outline uh, for a few weeks now as far as discussion points. And to be honest with you, we, we haven't had anyone calling saying, why aren't you talking TNA or wanting to talk TNA? And so we kind of left it open. Uh, if, if people were, were clamoring for some TNA chat, well, we would definitely uh, throw it in there. And, you know, it hasn't been there. And I got to be honest with you, you know, as, as a fan, uh, it hasn't been grabbing me. Uh, as a fan, it hasn't been something that I've been clamoring to discuss. Uh, there obviously is a lot of talent over there. As we've talked about, as much as you can argue back and forth on, uh, you know, what he did for TNA, I, for me as a fan, Hogan leaving TNA was uh, one less reason for me to watch TNA, um, you know, it just hasn't been grabbed me, so I've, I've been, as a, as a fan, sporadically watching TNA, trying to keep current with, with the current product, um, again, in the interest of being completely honest with you guys, because I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, what we're not gonna bullshit you. Um, it's not grabbing me as a fan. Uh, a lot of impact, you know. I wind up watching and fast forward. I think they have some great in-ring talent, and I enjoy watching a lot of the matches, the storylines. Uh, you know, I, I. I Again, as a fan, I've been having trouble with, and this is where you know this is an avenue. And Mike Johnson posted something on Facebook, and it was something I was thinking, and I think it's worth us addressing here, Dave. And it's a, it's an avenue where I did not expect the WWE Network to affect TNA in in this way, but it, as a consumer, as a fan, as someone who watches wrestling, as someone who does this show. As a labor of love and as much as we are praying and hoping that someday some mighty wealthy benefactor will come down and say Ken, Dave, producer Michelle, we were going to pay you to do this show. Quit your jobs. Quit them right now and we'll pay you to do this show to discuss wrestling. As much as we hope and pray that that will happen, it has not happened. So we are working stiffs, plugging away, paycheck to paycheck, and doing this show as a labor of love. And there are times where you have to, as a human being, as, as someone existing in the 2014 economy, where you wind up cutting corners places. And as, as a consumer, I've always enjoyed, I shouldn't say I've always enjoyed, but I always look forward to lockdown. Um, it's a pay-per-view, I, I like the idea of the cage uh, You know, in TNA, they haven't necessarily outlawed blood yet So it's something that, you know, I look forward to some good You know, hard-hitting cage wrestling um, As a consumer, I, I kind of found myself last night thinking Hmm, well, I, I am a subscriber of the WWE Network And the cost That it would be for me to sit and watch four WWE pay-per-views. It's going to be the same amount of money for me to watch one TNA pay-per-view. And a pay-per-view that, you know, I'm not totally enamored by by the storylines. And, you know, I'm going to try and catch things where I can... Uh, Maybe try to find some feeds here and there. But, um, again, being honest, I didn't watch Lockdown. I've heard what happened. Um, I heard it was a good pay-per-view, not great. But as a fan, and I'm curious, you know, give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. I'm really curious how fans are feeling out there. I mean, one thing to put into perspective that it's going to cost – it would have cost me and any other consumer – Four times as much money to watch lockdown as it will to watch WrestleMania. Just, just put that into perspective. And for better or worse, whatever you're thinking as far as storylines go and what have you, WrestleMania, the Super Bowl of the world of professional wrestling, that pay-per-view, if you're getting the network, is going to cost you a quarter of what lockdown costs you. And as, as someone who is having to, unfortunately, as a lot of people out there are probably doing the same thing, finding areas to cut corners, it was very difficult for me to rationalize forking over the 40 bucks for lockdown. You know, does that make me a, a bad talk show host? I mean, maybe to some people out there, it does. And I understand. I understand why you think, you know, you should just be watching everything. But I'm, again, just a poor working schmo like like so many others out there. And so I am really curious if fans out there are finding now with how affordable the WWE is making their network that it, it's almost difficult for you as a fan to rationalize spending, you know, four times as much money on per, one pay-per-view for another company. Um, I'm, your thoughts, Dave, on, on you know just the product TNA is putting out and and the the dollars and cents of it all. I, you know, this is an avenue where you know TNA may have to look at some ways to further change how they're doing uh, pay-per-views. But it's difficult for me as a consumer to to think any other way than you know it, it's overpriced.
1: Well, as far as the product goes. The, the, the storylines, I mean, the in-ring, I agree with you 100%. They have great in-ring talent. The wrestling is exciting. But the storytelling and the storylines, they just don't match with me, in my opinion. And sometimes, it, with all due respect, a lot of people, you know, will think that, you know, I'm very... Pro WWE because we do talk a lot of WWE. I grew up on WWE, WWF. I love all wrestling, but sometimes TNA comes off very minor league, very bush league. And if you want to be the number one wrestling company and you're trying to compete with the the biggest you know wrestling entertainment company in the world, you, you can't come off minor league. And I understand you know in today's economy funds can be low, and I understand that they've been trying to make you know cost cutting measures, and they've a lot of talent go I believe if they didn't have these financial problems that there would still be a lot of the talent that was cut still on the roster today I think some of the guys that get pushes currently aren't getting those because the company feels they deserve them it's like well, we have these guys here all right let's use them and from what I understand there's been talk that the, the that the talent itself I reported it last week that the talent itself are being asked to restructure their deals or when they're they're up for renewal for contract to take uh, less than half of what they are currently making now, so it's not a good sign for TNA. Um, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. If you've got the WWE network, like I said, I would buy that. I don't have it personally, and I'm, I will get it soon. But I don't have it personally. But I would buy it strictly for the pay-per-views, the, 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 the unlimited amount of pay-per-views with the with the back and the catalog of their library, as well as the current stuff. I mean, for nine ninety nine, you get twelve pay per views, including WrestleMania. I mean, it's a no brainer as opposed to the forty bucks that you're going to spend for TNA's lackluster product as of late. Yes, they got a lot of young talent. Yes, there's some new names in the company, but they're not. I mean, these aren't people that. These aren't names that you're going to go to an airport and recognize this person, unless you are a die-hard wrestling fan. Some regular Joe is not going to, you know, walk around, you know, LaGuardia Airport and notice. Notice Bobby Roode, unfortunately. He's a great talent, but he's not recognizable, and and, and that reflects on the product itself. They've made some good strides. From what I understand, last night's pay-per-view was a solid showing. It was a good pay-per-view. Some of the booking was questionable. We can discuss that later, but for the most part, Lockdown always seems to deliver a solid, fun pay-per-view. You're not scratching your head wondering why they did this or why they did that, although last night there were a few exceptions. Um... But, yeah, I totally agree with you, Ken. You get the network, you got – four. you know, it's a no-brainer. Bottom line, no-brainer. I'm not paying 40 bucks for a product that hasn't been as good as of late. That I'm fast-forwarding on my DVR. If I didn't have to do this show, I wouldn't be watching TNA, okay? But I love wrestling, and I'm open-minded to any kind of wrestling. I'll have, if, if, if Ring of Honor was in my area, I'd have Ring of Honor on my DVR. But I don't, unfortunately. And I'm not one to sit in front of a computer and watch wrestling. But that's the new WWE Network. That's how it goes these days. However, 40, bu- 40 bucks for a TNA pay-per-view, the way he's been lately, no way. You've know, you got the WWE Network. That's going to affect them for the four pay-per-views that they have a year. I mean, imagine Slammiversary coming up in June. Then you've got uh, Bound for Glory, their version of their WrestleMania in October. What's it gonna, we're, we're, I'm curious what the pay-per-view numbers for TNA are, I mean, especially now with this network.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm curious, like what what fans are thinking now. I I am really curious, you know, if they're thinking the same thing because there have been honestly, look, we we've all been as wrestling fans disappointed in certain pay per views. We've all like forked over our hard earned money and watched the pay per view, and then afterwards been like, you know, someone better give me my money back. Um, and, and that goes across the board with with all companies. Um. But that being said, at, at, and that like everything is relative, you know when you were spending, which is funny, but when you were spending, you know, say fifty bucks for a WWE pay per view and, and forty dollars or fifty dollars for a TNA pay per view, you know everything was equal. It almost seemed like all right, you know that's just what you pay for pay per views. When when the top dog, the the big guys, the guys who are putting out uh, the the better product, uh, are telling you, well, you know what, we'll, we'll Will charge you ten. It, it just it changes the game, and I I didn't think that it would affect my mindset uh, that much. And to be perfectly honest, and that's why I'm really curious, and I want to hear what fans think as far as you know money and and what have you. Because let's face it, Dave. I mean, we've watched enough wrestling. We've watched you know the Impact. We watched uh, you know we read up the results. You know we could have we could have bullshitted everybody. We could have we could have kicked off this show. And and to be honest, like we like I talked about at the top of the show, we haven't discussed TNA, and nobody's asking, nobody's calling in saying why aren't you discussing TNA? So you know, if you, by all means, you want to discuss TNA, give us a call, we'll talk TNA. But it hasn't been on our rundown, and we haven't discussed it, and no one's asking for TNA talk. We could have bullshitted everybody. We could have you know taken the results. Read the descriptions of the matches Kind of give like our, our Reaction like we watched it Then circumvented That conversation to WWE Talk and you know what Most people probably would be none the wiser They would think we watched the pay-per-view But in, in the, the effort Of being honest with everybody And talking about you know Being real people and, and You know what's going on with us and Everyone else I'm just curious Because ultimately we do the show but we're fans and ultimately, you know, as, as the fan experience, you know, for better or worse, and we could sit here and criticize WWE and, and their storylines their story and their handling of talent and all that other stuff, but the biggest wrestling company in the world, uh, the best wrestling company in the world at this time, also giving us more bang for our buck. They're giving us, on top of everything, They're giving us the best deal out there. The WWE, in all honesty, should be charging more for everything than any other company. They're the biggest company that should be charging more. And in addition to getting the pay-per-views, you're getting everything the network has to offer. And and I've been, you know, when I can, exploring the network. So far, before I even sit and watch a pay-per-view, and again, putting in perspective, when WrestleMania comes around, if you watch Lockdown and you watch WrestleMania and you have the network, you would have spent four, four, four times as much money to watch Lockdown as it would be to watch WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Just just put that in perspective. And that's not even counting everything else you get. I have yet to watch a pay-per-view on the network. I am going. To WrestleMania weekend, so I won't be watching WrestleMania on the network. However, so far I've watched two episodes of WrestleMania Rewind. Very cool show. They take one match from WrestleMania, they dissect like the backstory behind it, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and then they give you the match. I've seen that they talked about. They, they did an episode on the main event of WrestleMania one, and they did WrestleMania three, Hogan Andre. So you got this. So I thought that show was really well done. Um, I, I actually watched. Uh, you remember the 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 WWF Classic, and I watched uh, one of the first guests on this show was Tito Santana, and Tito said that for his money the best of all time was Paul Orndorff. Uh, he said he loved working with him. Thought Paul Orndorff was a great worker. knew how to manipulate a crowd. So. I watched Tito Santana versus Paul Orndorff at the Wrestling Classic. Uh, the Raw pre- and post-games are pretty good. Um, not as good as what we give you, but not bad. So those shows are actually, you know, pretty good. The NXT pay-per-view was really good. Um, you know, seeing the, the the talent on the horizon, you know, that was fun. Um, I've also watched parts of, you know, they had The Rock's epic journey. So I watched part of, you know, the... They take the DVDs they released, and they're actually airing. Some of them are airing on the network. Um, so I watched part of, of that. So right then and there, before watching any pay-per-view, uh, the the $10 is, is, has been worth it. Not to mention, I got to watch Dr. D. David Schultz versus Salvatore Bellomo. I mean, that right there is, is worth it. Um, but it's just a... It, it, Basically, and and you know we come at this, Dave. Again, I, I know I keep saying it, but as fans, we're wrestling fans ultimately, and that's that's really the the crux of this show is us being fans. And so, consequently, talking wrestling and being wrestling fans, it's it's rare we get into quote unquote economics. Um, but the WWE has completely changed the economic landscape of wrestling and as we continue look i mean i know everyone's got it tough out there and the economy doesn't show you know many signs of completely turning around uh you know i know I, at my job and i keep getting a, you know a, a, every year we have the, the excuse meeting where they tell us you know oh by the way guess what you're not getting a raise again this year so we've gone a few years without even getting a cost of living increase I know everyone out there, there are people that i got to consider myself lucky because I have a job. And people don't have jobs. And people you know, want to get the most for their money. If they're going to spend their dollar on, on entertainment, they want to make sure there's value. And right now, with the network, the WWE has taken your dollar, your entertainment dollar, and, and they have just increased the value. They have just said, you know, for just ten. I mean, honestly, you can't go to a movie for ten dollars. Movies are ten. So you're talking about either you could buy a a month worth of uh, one pay per view and everything that happens to be on the network over a given month, or you can go see a two hour movie. I mean, just put that in perspective. What they've done as far as valuing what you you know when how much you're going to fork over. For entertainment. It, it honestly, when you start to think about it, and, and it's funny, Dave, because lockdown, for whatever reason, really snapped it into focus for me. That, that what they've done with the network has, has economically changed the whole landscape of wrestling. And I think I, we can't be the only ones. We can't be the only ones thinking that. And if you have a certain amount of money to spend on entertainment... You know, I unfortunately for TNA, you might have a lot more people kind of saying, you know what, I, I can save money. You know, I'll go on the on a Sunday night when there's a TNA pay-per-view, I'll go on the network and watch WrestleMania 26. Or I'll go on the network and watch the wrestling classic or, or an old ECW pay-per-view or something. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I just think the way this network has been structured and if it continues this way... Uh, it, it changes everything, and you know you, you feel bad for a company like TNA, but I we can't be the only fans thinking this.
1: You know, here's here's a here's something that just struck me. You know, after the conversation we've had about the network and the positives about it, and and the, just the economics of of having that as versus ordering a TNA pay per view for, for forty dollars, TNA only puts out still you know, roughly four pay per views a year. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they knock the cost of the pay-per-view down to possibly compete with WWE? And let's say, you know, somebody wants that different alternative. Let's say if their product is better or if it gets better, which, you know, by the grace of God, let's hope it does, that they knock the price down. Instead of being $40, it's $30 or maybe it's even $25 for their pay-per-views. They only produce four pay-per-views, a year, live pay-per-views a year. They have those little one-night specials that they tape. And from what I hear, those are exciting in-ring wrestling pay-per-views, but they're, they have special themes to them, but there's no real storyline development. But the actual live pay-per-views itself, why why wouldn't they knock the cost of the pay-per-view down? They're cutting costs everywhere else. It's, it's costing them money just to go on pay-per-view. I've heard stories that it's costing them money to rent out, I mean, not only rent out buildings, but they got to pay. They got to pay the people back that they rent out the buildings. Cause they didn't sell enough tickets. It's like it, 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 I don't know. I, w- I would think that they, you know, all right, we got this network that uh, that the other guys have. Let's give our fans something to, you know, a little bang for their buck, and we'll knock the price of the pay per view down, or we'll give, you know. Maybe, you know, they'll do a live special on, on Spike TV where they give you the first match of the pay-per-view for free, which then entices people to order the pay-per-view.
2: I mean, you've got to think that they're going to have to change it up in some way, shape, or form. I mean, there's going to have to be something. Uh, now, now, the obvious thing is, is to really go back to creative and, and just work your asses off to put, on a, put out a better product. I mean, it's a shame because as a fan, you know, you go back and forth and, you know, ultimately, again, we're fans and, and it, it's, it's our entertainment dollar and, and wrestling as much as we love it and we're big fans. It's not the end all be all. We all have lives outside, at least I hope you have lives, maybe not the guys who wrote up the criteria for Hijack Raw, but most of us have lives <laughs> outside of pro wrestling and, and lives that we have to take care of. I love... I love Bobby Roode. I'm a huge Bobby Roode fan. I love Bully Ray. I think Bully Ray is tremendous. I think Bully Ray is one of those few guys when he's got a mic in his hand, um, it, it's must see TV. Um, I, I think with TNA, you know, if, if anything else, you know, most of the times if you're talking uh female matches, you know, the knockouts always put on a better match than, than what you're going to see out of the divas. Um, you know, most of the stuff we talk about. Uh, is stuff that you're going to see in ring You know, a lot of the guys are, are really good workers uh, You know, it's But it, it, it's just the, the the creative there Is not grabbing us as fans And, you know, ultimately You just, how how often Are you going to, to fork over your, your hard-earned money And be disappointed, you know And uh, again, the WWE Has kind of snapped that into focus Just saying, yeah, but, you know Spend $10 and get all this Um, But I I agree with you, Dave, you know, you know, is it time for TNA to look at some cost cutting measures uh, as as far as what they're going to do with the pay-per-views? You know, TNA, you you know, when you you read stuff and and you take everything you you read online with a grain of salt, then granted, you know, congrats to TNA, because I've heard that it was a good pay-per-view. I I, I didn't hear great, but I heard it was a good pay-per-view, but there were pictures circulating online. Uh, that, you know, ticket sales uh, in the arena were, eh um, You know, it looked like there were a lot of empty seats there um, You wonder, you know, TNA On the positive side, they've lasted over a decade um, Good for them uh, On the negative side, though, they've lasted over a decade And, you know, how many inroads have they really made? You know, how how important how important are they on the landscape of professional wrestling or how much more important are they than where they used to be? You know, are they growing? Are they moving in the right way? And, and I'm not going to say I have the answer on where they should be going. Um, but even, you know, when you see stuff and you, you hear about the, you know, ticket sales and you hear about cost cutting and, you know, Hulk Hogan now jumping ship and jumping ship and you know I'm back where I belong. I'm back. You know, it's a, you know, it's not a direct dig, but it's a little bit of a dig on uh, you know his time with TNA. You got You hear all the rumors of a Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, a guy who legitimized TNA to a lot of people, including this person right here, who you're hearing rumblings that he wants to finish his career with the WWE. And he's hurt now. Could, could we have seen the last of Kurt Angle in a TNA ring? You have a Jeff Jarrett, the founder of TNA, who is, who is ready to on his next venture. You know, a very important figure to the start of TNA. So when, when you look at the landscape of professional wrestling and you look at where TNA could be going as far as, you know, their future, it, it just looks like over the past year or so, we're seeing a lot of negative. Um, we 're seeing a lot of negative coming from that company, and you know i don 't know if it 's time to, to strip it down and start over uh, i, I don 't have the answers you know I, I'm, I do this show i 'm not working uh, for a wrestling company i can 't begin to to figure out you know on your your budget what you can do to save the company however dave we 've talked about it a lot there 's been a lot of negativity surrounding TNA for a chunk of time. And the economics surrounding their pay-per-views, uh, you know, it's something, I mean, I think they got to look at right now, nothing is off the table, and look at changing just about anything.
1: Yeah, across the board, from marketing to advertising to, I mean, you name it, I'm no expert at it, but... It's not working. They got from what I read yesterday's pay-per-view. Before the show started at at four o'clock in the afternoon, there was a pre-sale of about 900 tickets sold. By the end of the night, there was 1,500 people in that building, and apparently, that building seats. 3,000, 4,000 people. So, so I mean, 1,500 for a pay-per-view, that's a little bit more than what they average for their house shows. I've heard some attendances for their house shows are like three hundred fifty, four hundred 400 people. That's why they have to write a check back to the arena that they're renting the building out from, because it's they're not they're, they're, the cost. It's just, it just doesn't make sense.
2: No, when you talk about, you know, I mean, when you talk about two, 300 people, I mean, that's you know, I, I mean, I, I I go to indie shows that that have that that amount of people. We we went to PWS shows, WrestleMania weekend that that had you know over a thousand people. Um, you know, I mean, for a company like TNA that again, you know, wants to be second, and quite frankly, maybe they are right now, and maybe that's just the landscape of wrestling. But when when that's what you're drawing. Uh, you know when you're not able to with the names that you supposedly have and like you Dave it's a great point i mean advertising marketing you know you got some great talent in that company and you're doing house shows and you know there are independents out there that are outdrawing tna that that's a problem and uh again not going to pretend to be an expert and and figure out what they have to change but it, it's it's a time where uh, everybody in the front office of TNA, you got to sit in a room and just, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like being a New York Met fan, and when oh, when God. people ask, I'm a Met fan, and people are like, you know, should you trade so-and-so? Should David Wright be on the market? Well, yeah, anyone should. Anyone on the Met should be on the market for the right price. For the right package, yes. And, I, you know, TNA to me is, you know, no change is, is out of bounds You, you got to look at everything Every aspect of your product right now And think Alright you know let's throw it up against the wall And, and see what sticks Because uh, they're not grabbing us As fans right now What do you think Are Dave and I completely off base here You know should we have just gotten Locked down last night What are your thoughts economically 347-838-9815 Is the number to call have some of you guys on hold. We're going to get to you right after the break. we got we got to talk about was Raw hijacked last week in Chicago. We will discuss that as well as what do we have in store for Raw tonight. Hogan, Taker, we're going to speculate on what's going to go on on tonight's Monday Night Raw. But before we get to anything, it is time right now for the Day 5.
1: Thank you very much, Ken. This is the day Five news report, only heard at the top of the hour every Monday night here on the Ken Reedy show. Now, as all of you listeners know that are loyal followers of this show, I try to take the day Five report and bring unique different stories, stories that that aren 't necessarily the norm, stuff that stands out, but also stuff that people want to find out, little you know newsworthy you know tidbits that that might catch your ear. Well, this one, this story, we talk about acknowledging a big gorilla in the room. Well, this is an, this is an uncomfortable gorilla in the room. Our top story, not top story, but our first story, former WCW superstar Marcus Bagwell, a.k.a. Buff Daddy, has traded in his headlocks and body slams for the chance of all the ladies calling him Daddy at a hefty price. As a male escort, Bagwell appeared on Showtime's Gigolo show that profiles the profession and, in particular, CowboysforAngels.com escorts. Bagwell is currently the number two most requested gigolo on the Cowboys for Angels website. His current rates are as follows. $800 for two hours. $1,550 for four hours, $3,000 for an overnight, $4,500 for an entire day, $8,000 for a weekend trip, and $25,000 for a whole week of his time. I guess Buff really is the stuff, and the girls just can't get enough.
2: I'm available for the... (laughs) By the way. (laughs) Weekend trip? If if I could... Girl would actually be okay with that. If anyone's willing to pay the same rates, if there are any women listening, I'm available for the buff
1: rates. (laughs) I'm just curious if, like, he wears... I don't know why I'm curious, but does he wear his wrestling gear to these, like, shindigs, engagements with these women? Like, on a side note, I will say and it's nothing against the man personally, but I've heard that he's a little out there when it comes to stuff like this. Through a very reliable source that used to work with him in WCW, he, he, was, he was metrosexual before metrosexual was cool. If you remember his mother, Judy Bagwell, who was in storylines briefly on WCW television? She used to travel with him a lot, and at one point I heard stories that she used to like clip his nails and shave the hair off his ass, like in the locker room in front of everybody, and he had no shame whatsoever. So this this step, that's true. This this story doesn't surprise me. But anyhow, anyway, so, moving on. All right. <laughs> I don't know how I take away from a gigolo to this, but this is another weird Well, it's not weird, but it's just from a weird dude. It was announced this morning on Twitter by the Ultimate Warrior, see, a weird guy, that former Chief Financial Officer Linda McMahon will induct the Ultimate Warrior into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2014. During the Warrior's WWE title run, He was very close with the McMahon family, Linda in particular, and that explains his announcement this morning. Other names who were rumored to induct him were CM Punk and Hulk Hogan. Speaking of TNA, we can't have a a negative conversation without telling this story. TNA has announced that they will be taping Impact this week at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Shocking. Shocking. There has been talk internally that since the company is having a hard time securing dates with Universal Studios this summer, that it's very possible TNA may take impact on the road again, but only in select locations in the Northeast. And there's talk of the company partnering with a casino to run TV tapings as well. Our fourth story. The very much talked-about new wrestling promotion headed by Jeff Jarrett and and alleged financial backer, country music star, Toby Tate, has gotten the wrestling world of buzz. Jarrett has posted videos teasing an official announcement and leading many to believe that a new promotion is set to debut very soon. But the official has materialized until this weekend when Jarrett announced that first major announcement set to take place on April
2: My ex girlfriend had uh, she had she had a kind of a, a bit of a crush on him. So who knows what she's doing right now? But maybe she's uh, you know forking over some dough for uh one month back loan. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe she's got twenty five grand to spare. She could put top 347-838-9815 <laughs> Three four seven eight three eight nine eight
2: one five. That is the number to call. We are going to go out to the phones right now because we got we got Dank on the line. Dank, how you doing tonight?
0: I'm nice and warm. How are you guys doing?
2: I, I am jealous. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Uh, glad you got home to Florida safely. Uh, doing all right. Talking a little. You know, we got Raw coming up tonight. We talked a little TNA in the first half hour. Anything is up for grabs. What do you got for us?
0: Um, I think I've touched up on TNA. I know. Stop the presses. I'm actually going the other way. Um, talking about a company that seems to be holding on by a threat. I mean, it's never easy to admit failure. It's never easy to admit that um, either you're no longer relevant or what you're doing is wrong. It's not in human nature to, you know, come out and just say, you know what, I was wrong, let's start over. You keep pushing a product that you know seems to be going down, you know seems that it's not going to recover, at what point do you stop and either try to repackage everything or even, I don't know, the question is, do you stop, maybe take a hiatus six months, sit down with the writers, sit down with the developers, the wrestlers, Yeah, you're going to lose money because you're not actually going to do any shows, but you know that when you come back, you're going to come back with a possibility of being stronger than ever and maybe salvage the company and take off? Or do you keep putting out mediocre shows and then hoping that maybe you'll get that one little change that's going to take off? Like, how do you stop the bleeding? Like, how would you go about it? Would you take the six-month hiatus and repackage everything and come back, try again fresh, maybe different name, different storylines, whatever it may take? Or do you just keep bleeding, hoping that you'll find that right step that will close the bleeding and take off?
2: It's Difficult to, to come back from. It's, you know, it once, it's almost like you know, once you go on a six month hiatus, you're admitting, uh, we suck. Um, so I don't, I don't think you can do that per se. Um, but I do think somehow uh, you got to start looking at a complete overhaul. Um, you know, if you want to push younger talent, if that's what you're you're going to go with, then wholeheartedly go with that. Um, it's it just, it's it's like they're making little changes, but they're not, you know, I, I think they got to kind of clean house and, and uh, you know, look at the story. You know, maybe, I mean, the first thing I think maybe TNA would need to do is is buy the, the storytelling and just, you know, just just get away from this, this corporate nonsense. Get away from was
1: the GA, I'm like,
2: go straight heels, uh, you know, and do some very simple storytelling and then begin to build from there. I, I think that they, they, sometimes with some of the creative, when I look at TNA, they, they overthink, to me at least, with, with some of their storylines. Uh, and it's a shame because they do have some very talented in-ring performers. Uh, you know, for me, it might be something where you just kind of pull it back a little bit. But, I, you know, I think one thing that they have to do, and I'm saying, you know, maybe focus on the young talent. You know, maybe you do that. But I think what the one thing that they really have to do is is just plain and simple find a direction. Um I do think that sometimes it, it seems like, for better or worse, the perception's reality. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it does seem like they're always playing catch up to WWE in ways to no anyway. We're close to what the WWE is, so they should really be looking at getting out that WWE off a... Wholehearted movement, whether it's whether it's something like ECW did, and, and TNA becomes a more hardcore show, um, something. But I, I, to me, they gotta they gotta grab all their people, sit in a room, and say, what are wrestling fans not getting from the WWE? Will fill fill that niche. And I'm not saying I necessarily know what it is, but I do think. I agree with you. Where I think they needed kind of a complete overhaul, but it's tough to do. You almost have to do that while the product is still on TV. I think a six-month hiatus uh, that would all but completely kill the program. What do you think, Dave?
1: I, I well, it's funny that you know you, you mentioned about like a hiatus. I mean, that was originally Eric Bischoff's plan when he and his group of investors were going to buy WCW before. Before that deal ended up falling through, and then Vince McMahon bought WCW. The plan was, was to, you know, take like two or three months off and rebrand, and and you you know use younger talent, and almost you know even have a keep the WCW name, but do a go with a, a completely different direction. Um, that would that would be something that. I would I I would be opposed, I, I wouldn't be opposed to I I would be in favor for it I think changing the name of the company wouldn't exactly be a smart idea because if you're trying to get those fans back you need some kind of recognition like oh Impact Wrestling or TNA you kind of need something like that so I wouldn't change the name but um, you know it's funny that you mentioned uh, you know doing a complete overhaul and, and meeting with people they they also got to find. The right people and put them in the right positions in terms of management. I mean, they currently have um, John Gaburik, who used to be one of WWE's biggest producers um, and worked with talent, and he was a, a part of that machine for a long period of time. So he's got some expertise, um, but one individual who handles apparently who is kind of like the, the talent relations guy is an individual by the name of Bob Ryder. And uh, Bob Ryder used to—I I don't know if he still does an internet column or not—but Bob Ryder used to work for WCW, and he and he—I think he dabbled a little bit in ECW. But Bob Ryder handled like all the travel for the talent, they, and he did like their WCW's internet radio show at the time. Um, but he, now they have him working in talent relations, like dealing with talent contracts, when he's got no experience doing that, I mean, you you put guys in positions that don't know what they're doing. That's that's not good. That's not good at all. I mean, WCW was living proof. You needed a wrestling guy to run that to to, to run that ship. Bischoff did a great job of it because Bischoff had a vision. That Bischoff, I think, let things... let. let Talent get in the way and let talent run things too much, and not have a, not have a hold of all that. And he didn't have a he didn't have a backup plan, in my opinion. I think his backup plan came a little too late when he tried to buy the company. But Bischoff and guys like Bill Watts, Bill Watts, you know, that in '92 WCW was a, a, a yes, it wasn't the best promotion, but the in-ring product was great. It was good stuff, that it made sense. And they were starting to really turn a corner, especially you know in the early stages of the of the steroid. Child, but where Vince McMahon, the WWF, were at the forefront and were giving wrestling a bad name. WCW was starting to turn a corner slightly with Bill Watts, but Bill Watts was not a corporate guy, and the company let him go and fired him. So you got to find a wrestling guy that knows wrestling, and along with people that know television, and you combine the two and you work together put out a good product, in my opinion. It's living proof. You can't have some bean counter in the office running a wrestling company because it's been done before in WCW. They would have the janitor of the building practically running the company at one point. You need a wrestling guy. I think one of the biggest mistakes was, was letting Jeff Jarrett go and not giving him the power back that he deserved. Because he was the one that started that company. And look what's going to happen now. He's going to start his own company again and do the same thing, the same vision he had with TNA, but do it better and not be held by restrict, you know, restrictions by the Carter family. So to me – TNA needs to do a complete overhaul. They're starting to do that a little bit with some of the talent. I will say that. Some of the younger talent and bringing in newer talent, they're taking that initiative there. The writing needs to be fixed, in my opinion. The advertising. I mean, the, the people that you put in the positions, like Ken said earlier, the 250, 300 people for a house show. I mean, that's ridiculous. If you can't and, and advertise everything across the board, nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits, in my opinion. The only thing that's keeping them there, in my opinion, is the fact that they're the highest-rated show on Spike TV, and that and that pleases Spike. And you'll want to know another interesting tidbit about this whole situation is that WWE is currently in negotiations for new television deals. You know who they've negotiated with? Viacom, the same company that owns Spike TV. There's a possibility TNA might not even have a television home by the end of the year.
0: Okay. I I guess that's a very detailed answer. You're ready
2: for tonight, Dan.
0: Huh?
2: I said we were ready for you tonight.
0: Yeah, I know. I will have to try harder next week. All right, guys. Fuck the rest of the show. I'll right, later.
2: Thanks a lot. Take it easy, man. Yeah, I mean it, it's tough, you know, and it's funny because you know again the WWE. It, I mean, they're honestly they're just a machine. And as I said with the network. You know, we're talking. You know, this TNA move? And, and they're they're starting to push younger talent, starting to push uh, newer talent, And now you got the network with NXT. Um, so it's really, you know, the WWE is just becoming such a, you know, entertainment monopoly, just just huge entity that's taking over. It's it's difficult for TNA and and any company. Uh, To make a dent In this wrestling business I mean in all honesty If what I saw in the NXT pay-per-view And I haven't watched NXT regularly But what I saw there If that's any indication of what I might be seeing On NXT on a regular basis Even TNA pushing younger talent Does not As a fan Pull me away I'd rather watch NXT So it's The landscape is changing, and wrestling companies are going to have to, you know, really look at at what they can do to change the game, because with this network, the WWE... I mean, it's like when Hogan came out and cut his promo, and he's like, the past, the present, and the future are being taken care of. I mean, that's what it is. You go on the network, it's a one-stop shopping for a wrestling fan. And that's, you know, it's going to be tough for other companies to... You know to kind of find their niche in the wrestling universe everything you could possibly want is going to be on on the wwe network so it should be interesting to see how things unfold where's wwe go with with their tv Uh, how does the network expand and as we head into tonight's monday night raw hulk hogan has another announcement to make which again whether you like Hogan or not, it winds up being must-see TV because you just want to hear what he's got to say. So, wrestling fans all over the world, let the speculation begin on what Hogan's going to talk about tonight. And we're going to get into like what we think in a little bit. But the one thing that we got to hit, and we talked about it last week, and we gotta, we got to react. Because, Dave, in my opinion, it, the hijackers got hijacked last week. Kudos to the WWE. They did such a great job. I think last week's Raw was maybe, if not the best, it's on a short list of one of the best booked Raws since they've gone to three hours. I thought they did such a great job at squashing the whole CM Punk thing, the whole the fans are going to hijack Raw. And it's a double-edged sword, because on one hand, I think the fans who wanted to were not successful in quote-unquote hijacking Raw. However, the hijack Raw gained enough steam with social media that I do think WWE creative took it seriously and really went out of their way to make sure that last week's show was a good show, top to bottom, hour one through hour three. The show flowed well. They, they put the right guys in the right spots over the course of the show. The way they, they booked the show, they are able to squash the CM Punk chants throughout most of the night, and it all, it all started off with the tone that one brilliant performer set off to start Raw, Paul Heyman, who, big fan of his, But as of late, you know, he was gone for a while. I don't know if I could say that we've seen the brilliance of Paul Heyman, and maybe on some levels we forgot how great he actually is. His promo last week, nothing short of brilliant. This guy has one of the greatest wrestling minds out there. He took this CM Punk thing, and without like, the fans knowing what hit them, turned it around and said, you know what, this is all about Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. Absolutely amazing. Kudos to the WWE and everything else. I don't have enough positive things to say about Raw. Raw last week was was incredible.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It was a a great show. It made you forget, in a a lot of instances on that show, that CM Punk was around with the exception of the chance." That he wasn't around, excuse me, I mean you know starting off with Heyman, heyman coming out to punk 's music, yes, it got a big pop, and yes, he came out, but it also made you wonder is this uh, are they going to, is he back they're playing his music it's you know is, is, you know we know Heyman's affiliation with punk it's been publicly documented, they are very close, and uh, they work together on television, you know in a partnership, the manager you know wrestler partnership are they turning this into a shoot, are they changing things up a little bit and he they made you they made you think that for at least a little bit until he parlayed it into his own angle with Brock Lesnar and Undertaker and drew heat on the Chicago crowd, which I thought was awesome. And it made you forget. And it, with Lesnar coming out and the promo, and then of course what he did to Mark Henry, great start to Raw. The Usos were a very popular tag team, not only in the WWE fans but amongst the internet as the smart fans. They got the win. They finally reached the the pinnacle of the tag team world. They were the WWE tag team champions. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, his babyface turn started in that building last year at Payback against Alberto Del Rio. The fans... Chicago loved him that night. They loved him last Monday night. and He got a win. He was featured prominently while on the show. Daniel Bryan, of course, who in my opinion is the best in the business currently right now, the most over-wrestler in wrestling today, was a part of a last, virtually the last hour of Monday Night Raw. From the beginning of the 10 o'clock hour, right to the end. I mean, he, a couple times in between he wasn't there, but he, he had a good presence in that last hour, that final hour before the end of the show. And his storylines drew a a lot of intensity and a lot of heat with Triple H and made you really excited to eventually see that potential showdown. One thing that, also did that a lot of people don't you know, touch upon, too, is A.J. Lee. The real-life girlfriend of CM Punk was nowhere on Monday Night Raw. You know why? Because they wanted to combat CM Punk chants, and if they put her on, they knew it was going to be acknowledged. They did a great job of handling the whole situation, and it was a really fun Raw, and ooh, to me... After last week, him not coming back, I don't believe – Ken, you and I spoke on the pre-show. The earliest you think he's going to come back in SummerSlam, I think the earliest he could come back could potentially come back, and I'm not saying it's legit, is the night after uh, WrestleMania on the Monday Night Raw. They always like to do big things the night after WrestleMania to get the new storylines rolling. That's a possibility, but I don't see it for at least another year in my opinion, going into next year's WrestleMania season when Punk returns. But other than that, it was a great show. It was a fun show.
2: And it's funny because you say, you know, you say, and that that would definitely, you know, the night after WrestleMania has become like a big deal. So, I mean, that would definitely uh, add to the mystique of the the Raw after WrestleMania. And, you know, I I said I could, you know, maybe SummerSlam if he gets a new deal done. Um, But I think both of it, like you said, when I said SummerSlam, I was... Thinking absolute earliest, you know. I, I, I. To me, what last week did was all but completely write CM Punk off. That, that I mean, to me, that's what that show did. You know, it, it was uh, he's gone. We we are we are moving past Punk ever being here. Um, it, it just and and look, he was a big star and. As a company, you have to do that If he's gone, he's gone uh, To me, last week's Raw was very telling As far as, you know, where CM Punk is uh, with this company And it should be interesting to, to see I mean, he's supposed to be on Talking Dead uh, next week uh, Obviously, that is not a wrestling show uh, He goes on, he's been on it before um, I hate the show, by the way. I'm a big Walking Dead fan, but I do not like Talking Dead. Uh, I just find it kind of cheesy. But um, you know, it's just basically, it's a show. Sometimes they have actors on from the show. Other times they have what they call "quote unquote" super fans. Uh, CM Punk falls into the super fan category. He gives, you know, he'll give reaction or whatever. Um, so it's not anything where he'll have to answer any questions as far as his status with the WWE. Um, I, I again with wrestling and wwe and contracts i don't know what what happens in these contracts i don't know if between now and next sunday if the wwe can prevent him from being on talking dead uh who knows um but that that is really the next time we'll see uh cm punk on tv and and you know i think we're going to see cm punk kind of slink away for a little while and who knows who knows if uh Will ever see him again I mean he's such a you know quirky guy You know if all the And you never know what the stories are You know what's true what's not But you know with all the stories you hear On, on what CM Punk's Personality is like um, At this point in walking away uh, To me His best days are behind him He peaked As a main eventer uh, he will never I'll go on record right now. He will never be the quote unquote main event at a WrestleMania. Uh to me that ship is sailed. So I could see him never coming back. I could see him coming back for a limited run. I could see you know, with CM Punk, I could see him coming back in a year and missing it and jumping, you know, healing up and jumping full on into a Regular WWE schedule I, I mean it's he's an interesting guy Because I, I think Any one of those possibilities uh, Could happen uh, But as of right now When we're talking March 10th 2014 uh, The WWE is moving forward As if they do not have One CM Punk 347-838-9815 Is the number to call What would you guys think about Last week's Monday Night Raw And can they sustain that sort of momentum going into this week's Raw? And we'll go out to the phones right now. we got someone who's been patient. Uh, caller, are you there? You got a 251 number, caller? Going going twice. What will put you back on hold, though. Keep listening. Um, no one there, but uh, getting back to our conversation. Uh, if you want to get on the line, your 251 guy or gal, uh, you know, hang up and give us a call back. i then uh, I'll I'll realize that you want to get on and I'll I'll pull you back up. If not, maybe you're just on the line, uh, just listening in. Um, but yeah, I mean, last week's raw, you know, the, to me as as I was saying, uh, WWE moving past uh, one CM Punk, uh, we are entering you know a Punkless era, and uh, we are firmly into WrestleMania season. Uh, top to bottom, I thought Raw was was an incredible show. Um, I, I'm still looking at Dave, you know how this WrestleMania card is going to shape up. Uh, I hope at least the Raws continue to have the energy that uh, last week's Raw had. Uh, I, I guess like one of the biggest things going on right now as we head towards WrestleMania season is where do we go with the Shield as the Shield. Uh, continues to show uh, chinks in the armor. Uh, this is interesting, and I'm going to, you know, and give me a call, and by all means, yell at me if you want. Um, but, you know, this is something that uh, the Internet would be outraged if we had, you know, everyone out there on the Internet listening. But to me, it's been interesting with the Shield, because I feel like the only guy in the Shield that has not really distinguished himself has been Dean Ambrose. And Dean Ambrose probably came in when the Shield started, came in with the most hype. And we were both immediately, you and I, Dave, right there on the Rollins bandwagon, the Roman Reigns bandwagon. We were right on the Reigns bandwagon. 100%, we saw star quality out of Mr. Roman Reigns. I, I have been impressed as of late with Seth Rollins. I am slowly... You know, not that I, I hated on him or anything, but I can't say I was, I was totally into I was into them as a group. I am becoming a Seth Rollins fan. I think Seth Rollins is starting to really distinguish himself as someone who you really could see as, you know, maybe not a main event player, but definitely a cruiserweight type guy, a guy that's going to give you some, you know, real good matches, and a guy who, you know, he's cutting some good promos. He's not bad on the microphone. So I've been impressed with Seth Rollins. I find it interesting that the one guy that has not wowed me yet is the guy who came in with the most hype. So as they start to, as we see the the, the chinks in the armor and and the hints that the shield might be breaking up, I'm finding myself more and more curious as to where they're going to go with this group once it does kind of split up.
1: You know what's interesting about this storyline? I like it because they have really taken this, and this 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 turn really. You know, this, the, the turns and twists in the Shield have really started like back in the fall. Like I would say, probably like I, I would I would venture to guess like around Survivor Series, though that night that Roman Reigns became the sole survivor for his team. But this story has been about the dissension between Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins just playing the middleman, trying to be the peacekeeper. But from the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view match that they had with the Wyatt, and the match they had last week and the the, the story that was developing in that match with the dissension amongst the Shield, you know, with, with Rollins walking out and his performances in those two matches, he really proved not just to be a not just to have a supporting role in this storyline, but now to be another major player in this storyline, to be almost a focal point, the centerpiece. And if you go back and you watch SmackDown, you know from last Friday and that Shield Summit that they had, it was I didn't realize this until Seth Rollins said it, but. There was a purpose behind what he did was to try and get them to realize what you you got to figure this out on your own I'm not going to be here to you know keep the peace you can't rely on me anymore to 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 have your backs if the two of you can't get along and I thought it was perfect and now it's making it's making him stand out as a star and it's proven my point even more so that all three guys are on equal footing, in my opinion, and are going to be big players once the Shield breaks up. I mean, Ambrose is going to be a top heel. I could see Rollins and Reigns being babyfaces, and I could see, I could see in five years down the line, I could see Seth Rollins eventually having the the CM Punk kind of spot where he's, he's, he's marvelled by the internet and his work rate is incredible, and he has great matches with just about anybody, but there's not a character there. I mean, there's not a character in that. His character is his work in the ring. And, and that's what he's going to be recognized for. And, I mean, like you said, he's got great promos. There's stuff I've seen from him now that I haven't seen before that I think is awesome that's made this, this storyline. I can't wait until the, till, till the, till the breakup eventually happens and we see these three go at it. I, the rumor is there's talk of the three of them going at it at WrestleMania in a triple threat. And I would personally love to see it because all three guys can work
2: I agree with you, I mean, I, I, it, I'm really, you know, and it's funny because I, I love, I, I love the Shield and I love what they've done, but I, I, I you know, I'm very impressed with the storytelling here, and we, we talk about it a lot on this show, that wrestling is all about the storytelling, and say what you will about, about WWE Creative and, and what they're doing with who at, at a given time, but they, they've, they've let this story develop, they've given it time to develop, They've allowed the Shield to be uh, one of the most, well, probably the most powerful group in the WWE.
1: They've slowly
2: let you see weaknesses. It it hasn't been like just a a very obvious breakup. There have been just, you know, three guys who have gone through the wars together who You know are starting to get a little You know some little petty jealousies Um, I I really enjoy The storytelling I just find The one thing I just have found very Interesting with it is the fact That I I just I have not Been drawn in as Of yet really with Dean Ambrose I've seen some of his stuff on the indie scenes Um, You know he was The guy that came in with the most hype Um, You know I'm not going to say he's been awful it's just Something that I, I guess he's been exactly, you know, I, he's done, he's not wowed me. Like it's not anything that I, I haven't expected. He's been, you know, good. I, I mean, could it be that the PG product has neutered him a little bit, and he's trying to find his way? Perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were very impressed with 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 Reigns right off the bat, and now Seth Rollins, the guy that that's continued to impress, and and I. I think they all have a lot of star potential. It's just for me as a fan, I, I Dean Ambrose has not distinguished himself for a guy who probably came in with the most hype in the group.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he, like I said, the most hype. There's potential for all three of them to reach the main event status, and I and and you know something. This isn't the first time something like this has happened either. If you remember the legacy with Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, everybody was raving about Ted DiBiase. He's going to be the next big star. He's going to be better than his father. He's going to win the title. Look what happened to him. He's not even in the business anymore. And look where Cody Rhodes is. I mean, it's living proof that you kind of got to let the the chips fall where they do. And see how everything plays out. And I do believe Ambrose... I mean, I've watched some of Ambrose's older stuff, you know, on the Indies. And the guy can work, and he's a talented heel. I just think right now, with this gimmick, with the shield, he's handcuffed. But that's not a bad thing. They're waiting for this to really explode. And eventually, I think we're going to see a Dean Ambrose that nobody has ever seen before in the WWE, and it's going to be something that people are going to be talking about. And he's going to be a major player on television for years to come
2: all three of those guys Are yeah I Like you said as a fan I'm excited I I, I'm looking forward to the Breakup because I want to see how exactly It it all plays out Because I I do think that the whole run Of the shield uh, it's been It's been pretty well written uh, Top to bottom the only The only fault I I would have with anything Going on with the, the shield is uh, Dean Ambrose didn't need the U.S. title, and it's it's been a waste around his his waist, and uh, I don't know, like it, it, it's done nothing for the belt, and he doesn't need it. it it's done nothing for the Shield. Um, I guess it added a little bit when all three guys had championships, but I don't know. But that that's that's nitpicking. I think for the most part, everything the Shield has done has been spot on for the the time they've they've been a unit. Uh, you know the other major thing we got to we got to talk about. You know it's a shame he will not be around to uh, to see it and be a part of it. But uh, Paul Bearer going into the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, well received honor. Uh, you know he's a guy that uh, you know getting to go there to New Orleans and be at the Hall of Fame uh, induction. Uh, it's a pretty stocked class. Uh, I'm 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 as a fan and happy. Like, I know I keep saying that tonight, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm going to get to be there and and see Paul Bear go into the Hall of Fame.
1: Absolutely, a guy that really. You know, like you said, Ken, we we met him in Atlanta a few years ago, and you had the chance to speak with him, and, you know, I overheard the conversation. He did not feel comfortable taking credit for the success of the Undertaker character, but he added so much more to it. And, you know, I said this on last week's show, and it was even in the video package. You know, he added instant credibility to guys that he worked with, between Nick Foley with the Mankind character, Vader, Kane. I mean, he was... He was, he was the cream of the crop when it came to managers in the 90s. And, and you know, what the funny thing is, too, in real life, he was a licensed mortician. So go figure, Paul Bear, it was a perfect fit for him to be with The Undertaker. It, 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 it's him being a licensed mortician. And it's sad that he's not going to be around for it. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, with an induction speech. I would love to have seen him come back for one, you know, minor run with the with Undertaker or with, even with Kane. The stuff he did was awesome. Uh, You know, he was just different from the rest of the pack with the with with the managers. Most managers were back in that day were were were, were cheating. You know, chicken shit heels. But Paul Bearer was scary. Like he was a scary manager. Like he added that mystique and the the scare factor to the Undertaker character. He didn't really. You saw Paul Bearer interfere sometimes in Undertaker's matches, but he never really like early on in the early days of the Undertaker run, show any kind of fear when he got involved with the babyface, as opposed to guys like Bobby Heen and Jimmy Hart, uh, Mr. Fuji. I mean, the list goes on and on. See, that's what made him so different that made him stand out.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like you mentioned, I mean, the conversation, I mean, it was almost like he was getting mad at me. <laughs> like, he was one of those, like, he was so humble. It was like he he was – annoyed with getting any sort of credit. It was it was just phenomenal to see. I I've never met anybody who uh you know was was that humble. it was just I mean refusing to to take any sort of credit and he was. I mean, he was just he did so much to you know put over the the Undertaker character, you know, and and a guy who you know he was the Undertaker. He was he was Paul Bear, the Undertaker's manager. He also uh, managed under the name Percy Pringle. Um, you know a guy who, uh, you know outside, I mean, you know most wrestling fans know him as Paul Bear. But when when you start to look at like, you know the list, and I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, the guys that he managed over the course of his career: The Assassin, Blackjack Mulligan. Buzz Sawyer, the missing link, the Dingo Warrior, uh, the Great Kabuki, Kane, Coco, Beware, Kamala, Lex Luger, Mankind, Ted Arcidi, Rick Rude, The Undertaker, Vader, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, those are like, I, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible when you look at the list there, you know, under you know different personas who he was able to manage. Something who is. Uh, you know, a guy incredibly well-deserved going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, a bit bittersweet that he won't be there uh, for the induction, but, uh, you know, a guy that uh, he's, he's looking down, and he's, uh, he's going to enjoy things that night going into the Hall of Fame. And he's a guy, you know what, as a wrestling fan, everybody, everybody at some point was sitting watching wrestling, and you, everyone had their Paul Bearer impression. Everyone sat there watching, going, oh, my Undertaker. Everybody did it at some point. So just a guy that, you know, he was synonymous with the Undertaker, uh, especially early on. He did so much. And uh, so announced that he is going into the Hall of Fame. uh, Very excited that he's going to be part of this Hall of Fame class. And this Hall of Fame class is definitely starting to really – Uh, be an impressive class and as we head into tonight's monday night raw you know are we going to see another uh inductee announced a lot of names being thrown around and in addition to names being thrown around uh you know we're hearing that hulk hogan who is going to be on monday night raw um has got a special announcement uh as we get into it now, and we start to speculate what that announcement could be, uh, it, could it be something to do with the WrestleMania card, some involvement he's going to have, or is he going to make an announcement of someone going into the Hall of Fame? You know, it's it's something that we've heard, Dave, that he's making an announcement, but a good job on the WWE, not really hearing uh, a lot of leaks. So let the speculation begin.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, it could be something to do with the card. Um, It could be that maybe, you know, there's been rumors that Mr. T, who was in the main event of the very first WrestleMania teaming with Hulk Hogan, against Roddy Piper and uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul if there's rumors that they might induct him into the quote-unquote celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame in this year's class. Maybe Hogan makes that announcement, announces that he's going to induct Mr. T himself. There's an idea that I thought of that maybe if he announces Mr. T's induction into the Hall of Fame, he announces Mr. T's indictment onto Piper's pit at WrestleMania there's been long-standing beef between Brody Piper and Mr. T in real life behind the scenes that that, that. Has never been resolved, from what I hear. Wouldn't that be you know, the cherry on top of the Sunday for WrestleMania 30? Everything comes full circle at WrestleMania 30. Hogan is involved somehow with Piper's Pit with Roddy Piper and Mr. T. I mean, that would be that would be a pretty cool nostalgic moment for this wrestling fan. Um, who knows? Maybe there's going to be something added to the card. Um, I have a feeling Hogan's going to have some involvement in the card, not wrestling wise, but. Um, you know, as the host, you are technically, in storyline terms, um, have some form of uh, control of the show. So I would think maybe he might make a match or he'll make an announcement about a match. I'm not 100% sure, but they've done a great job keeping it under wraps um, in terms of, you know, speculation with the with the announcement itself. So I'm look- I mean, I'm a Hulk Hogan fan. I'm looking forward to seeing him on tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing what this announcement is. Uh, and let's hope it's uh, – that's something that's going to get us, you know, scratching our heads being like, what are they doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things, and I'm not going to get into it, because we, we could debate uh, till the cows come home uh, whether the, there is warranted on, on having a, a celebrity wing to the, the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, first and foremost, there's, there's no wing anywhere because there's no building. Um, so the theoretical wing... Uh, that exists for for celebrities. Um, whether that should be there or shouldn't be there remains to be seen. I, I get it. I get it. When you know you're gonna, we can sit here and debate. Well, how can Drew Carey be in the Hall of Fame and Monster Man Randy Savage is not? I get it. But it exists, and that's the way it is. So if it does exist, um, Mr. T is definitely. A celebrity that deserves to be In the quote unquote Celebrity wing Of the WWE Hall of Fame uh, When you look at uh, Celebrity influence When you go back on uh, The history of Wrestlemania um, You know Mr. T as much as anybody Helped put uh, Wrestlemania on the map uh, You know if you weren't Alive during the time period uh, you you might not realize but but Miss, Mr. T was the shit back then at that time uh, coming off of being clubber lang in wrestlemania 3 the A team was huge and uh you know it's it's amazing to think in terms of you know helping hulk hogan uh but you know what at that point in time hulk hogan wasn't the greatest ever he is now brother But then it was (laughs) not. And, you know, it helped the product. It helped WrestleMania. And it helped Hulk Hogan a lot, allying himself with Mr. T. Remember, going back in history, wrestling was, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, in his own words, he was trying to take wrestling out of the, the, the back halls and the... You know, small arenas and bring it into the spotlight and make it you know a more of a global phenomenon, and you couldn't necessarily do that with just another wrestler. And as great as Hulk Hogan was and is and iconic, um, Mr. T helped with with that product exponentially. Uh, You know, a guy who was involved in WrestleMania one and two. Um, a guy that gave a lot Put a lot of eyeballs on the product Of wrestling and and To me you know I, I, It's hard to say whether Wrestlemania and Hulk Hogan would have been As huge uh, If not for Mr. T So again a guy who's fallen into Relative obscurity as of 2014 but You know one of the hottest celebrities on the planet uh, When he got Involved with Wrestlemania so uh, a guy, if that is in fact the announcement And that is purely speculative on our part um, It's something that uh, I, He deserves to be there He deserves to be in the quote unquote celebrity wing um, it, You know, in the Wrestlemania Rewind show On, on the network uh, Watching, you know, the stuff uh, Behind the scenes of Wrestlemania 1 That was one of the subject matters Uh, The beef between Piper and and Mr. T That they legit just did not like each other Well documented These two individuals just did not get along Uh, One of those things where, uh, you know Roddy Piper was a guy that, you know You're an actor coming into my wrestling world Uh, Just didn't like each other Uh, Yeah, man, a Piper's pit You you know, with Mr. T on it would be awesome Uh, Hell, Dig up, you know, get dust off, uh, Mister Wonderful. Let's get a Piper's Pit with uh, Piper and and Mister Wonderful, and let's get T and Hogan. Let's do a Piper's Pit with all four of them. What the hell, uh, you know? Any
1: a WrestleMania one on Piper's Pit would be huge.
2: Amazing, that would be phenomenal. So, who knows? Again, they've been They've done a good job at at uh, keeping it under wraps, but Hogan, you know, with a big announcement. Uh, I hope it involves Mr. T in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to see him go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, as far as the celebrity wing goes, to to me, it's it's Mr. T and Cindy Lauper are the two celebrities that, that should be in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. So, speculate away, Internet. Let's see what Hulk Hogan's announcement is going to be. And and who knows? Does, does Hogan's announcement, is it mutually exclusive? Or does it have to do with The Undertaker? Because... Hogan and Taker have a a bit of a history. Taker's scheduled to be on Raw. Could be tied to something with Hogan. Probably something. I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be something completely separate. But we're not going to get into hyperbole. We're not going to oversell tonight's Raw. Because the last time we talked about Raw with Hogan and Taker, the Raw was underwhelming. But two historical figures on Monday Night Raw tonight. Any thoughts, Dave? Again, tight lip. Don't know what what you think we might hear out of the Undertaker tonight.
1: Um, the only thing I can say is that I think Undertaker's announcement is going to regard a you know, match stipulation with Brock Lesnar. Um, past few years, because of Undertaker's health and his condition, it's been you know, noted that he can't have a, just a regular straight up wrestling match. Although he had a good one with CM Punk last year, I, you know, I will give him that. Um, with a guy like Brock Lesnar, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see some sort of no-holds-barred stipulation. I wouldn't be surprised if Undertaker made a challenge to Brock Lesnar for a casket match, to wrestle Brock in a casket match for WrestleMania. not only to add, you know, some some sizzle to the match as well. Casket matches are usually no disqualification matches at some point. Um, but for the excuse of a guy like Brock Lesnar, who we said – It wouldn't be believable that Undertaker, at this stage in the game, could beat a guy like Brock Lesnar, you know, as a casual fan watching. Maybe Undertaker beating him in a casket match would give the excuse, well, Undertaker never pinned Brock Lesnar. He just dumped him in a casket, and that would be the excuse to get heat on Lesnar, when he does return, so it doesn't make him look weak losing to Undertaker in you know in, in, in regular fashion. But I just I'll say one thing: I hope it's not a career stipulation. I will say that uh, we've seen too many of those at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels did it a few years ago. Last year, Triple H did it, and nobody believed that he was going to lose his. his, his uh, his uh, his job or whatever they put on the line, um, you know, in that match with Brock Lesnar. So I just hope it's not a career stipulation because those matches seem to be predictable and they seem to be overdone at WrestleMania.
2: Agreed. I you know it wouldn't. I I don't think it's going to happen. I and I agree with you. I think we're going to see like some sort of stipulation. I like the idea of a casket match uh, as well. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind if, the, if we did career if, if Taker said that's my last match. Um, as I'm, I'm a opponent, I'm ready. I I, I, I want to see Taker bow out gracefully, um, but I don't think that's the announcement we're going to get tonight. I, some people, I, I was, you know, tooling around social media, I saw some people speculating on maybe he'll announce that that's his last match. I don't think so. I agree. I think we'll we'll see some sort of step Um I'm doubting we'll we'll get a Hell in a Cell because he just did that a couple years ago with uh, Triple H. Um, Yeah, you know, maybe a casket, maybe a Buried Alive match, something uh, to to add a little bit of uh, Taker mystique to the match. Um, But I agree. I think we'll probably get a a stipulation. The one thing that I'm really curious, though, which is interesting that we got Hogan and Taker, uh, you know, who knows what... Uh, groundbreaking uh, news They're going to announce tonight But what I'm honestly really curious about Is uh, John Cena It has it, It's been announced that he is scheduled to Wrestle tonight um, Health wise uh, You know you, you're hearing the stuff Online that he's he's legit injured um, I have Heard it's, it's a groin tear As well as uh, something's wrong with one of his Ankles um, Who knows how much is a, a sell job and how much is uh legit uh but i i am very curious to see how john cena looks in the ring um a guy who and again for the haters out there this is why john cena is the face of the company because he's a freak of nature and if these injuries are legit and he's going to push through i you know kudos to him uh, I, from what I understand, a, a torn groin is exceptionally painful, and it's a long, nagging injury. So I'm I'm really curious to see how Cena looks in the ring tonight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be telling as to how you know his, how well he can move around and where they're going to go with the the, the storyline with the Wyatt family. I mean, it looks like the direction they're going is Cena and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Um, if it's if it's serious if it's too serious I mean I can't imagine him I mean then again I could imagine he's a freak of nature you never know what's gonna happen whether he's gonna take hey we thought he was gonna take time off after that Brock Lesnar match and what happened he came back the next night you know we thought he legitimately hurt his arm so he could be he could be trolling the whole internet who knows. Um, but he's a guy that 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 guts it out fights through it and is you know he's a company guy he, he wants to see the company succeed and he'll do whatever it takes um i think that's why he's at at the, at the age that he's at now he, i believe he's 36 years old you know a lot of people are saying he's got a short shelf life left of of real active full time uh work as as a WWE superstar so uh um, it's, it's living proof that you know that profession, that line of work is, is not uh, conducive uh, to, uh, to, to to fragile individuals and people, you know, the everyday normal people. Um, John Cena is not everyday and not normal, uh, not normal person. He's a freak of nature, and the guy will do uh, you know things that you've never seen men do before. You know, feats of strength. And uh, personally, I think he's gonna gut it out and just get to WrestleMania and. Who knows what happens after that? But that—that's the plan right now, as far as I'm concerned.
2: And that's what you see, like that's why he's the face of the company because he's able to gut out these these injuries and and maintain the WWE schedule. So that—that's the thing that I, I'm finding tonight for me as a fan. I you know he's going to be going up against Rowan. Do we see just a melee? Do, I'm really curious to see how he moves. So many things to, to check out tonight on Monday Night Raw. We are out of time. Uh, Where's Batista go? add it to the championship match. Does Triple H say yes to his challenge? Who knows? But it's time for Monday Night Raw. Thank you all for tuning in. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everybody.